Hello, well, welcome to the ASI cast. Now, earlier this year, back in number 158, I think, we spoke to our analyst friend of the podcast, Ian Whitaker, about his expectations for the year ahead in media for the buy and the sell side. Now, last month, the ad industry and its clients gathered in Cannes for the annual Cannes Lions Jamboree, and Ian was there. So we thought we'd catch up with him about his impressions of the conference and the events and how they may have amplified or altered some of his thoughts about where we're all headed. So welcome back to the podcast, Ian. Oh, thanks very much, Richard. Nice to be here. Now, you've commented, uh, having attended, that the attendance at this year's Can Lion seemed to reflect the drift of recent years more towards the tech side of the advertising business and also that the mood overall seemed quite buoyant. Do you think that's an accurate reflection of the wider market conditions? Um, I think to a degree, uh, to a degree, it probably is. And I, I think let's take sort of, of the second point first. If you look at what's happening in the advertising forecasts, you look at most of the uh, most of the forecasts out there, still predicting that 2023 will be positive. Um, Group M, for example, came out and, and no change to their estimates. Uh, or little change to estimates so far. So I think what you have here is probably what you're seeing is that some of the more, shall we say, transparent advertising platforms, maybe are seeing uh, more precious to that, for example, is the broadcasters in the first half, who particularly during the first six months are suffering from not having the money coming in from startup companies and growth companies that they had in the first half of 2022. Whereas money is moving really to more uh, opaque platforms such as retail media. But overall, when we was down in, in Cannes, there wasn't a feeling of, of oh, there's a, a catastrophe coming. Uh, quite the opposite, I'd say. People felt reasonably confident. Yes, there were concerns about the global economy and what was happening. Um, but I think the general mood was that so far, from what people are seeing on the ground, things still remain relatively okay. I think when it comes to the question about technology, this is just repeating the trend that we've had, really, that has gone on for the, the past decade or even more so, of where you've seen technology really take up more share of voice when it comes down to Canon. And that's not a surprise. You've really got two factors here. One is both just the growing number of tech firms present in Cannes. And the second of all is bear in mind as well that some of the agency groups have taken a proactive step to actually move away from Cannes and not send so many people down there. So you've got an element of two factors which really come into, into that. One thing I, I, I would say that I, I thought from Cannes was that you, you are seeing new players with more of a presence. For example, Walmart certainly had more of a presence on the, on the ground uh, than they did last year. On the other hand, and maybe this is just a reflection more of my side than anything else, but things such as CTV, while still having a very loud voice, also as well, I think there was a, a question there of, well, when is this really going to break through in terms of this platform? And that, for me, was perhaps one of the more interesting aspects of CAN. Have you got any thoughts as to why it was so prominent at CAN? I know it, it has been sort of on the verge of breaking through for quite a while, and certainly CTV penetration has rocketed over the last decade to the point where it's in most markets, connected TVs are in the majority of homes. But still, there's some confusion about the definition of what connected TV advertising actually is. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's true. And that still remains. And I think that in itself is quite telling. 
that ask anyone for a definition of connected TV, well, ask several people and you'll probably get several different answers. I think one thing that, that sort of, uh, there's an element here, and I'd also say as well, there's an element here for, for online companies as well, is that the expectation has been for the past several years, you know, maybe even a decade, that at some point linear TV ad revenues will break and there'll be a substantial shift across coming through. I suspect what's happening with CTV is, is the question of why we're not seeing the widespread transfer budgets coming across. Now, you've obviously got a different geographical sort of reaction here. Yeah, first half of the year, as I mentioned, the, the broadcasters' uh, revenues, both in Europe and the US, ha have been weak. But there are elements of that that suggest that the second half of the year may, may be better. I think in the US, you've certainly got more secular grounds for suggesting that the, the linear TV market may be under pressure. But in Europe, for example, the markets still remain resilient. And so when I add all of this up, there is not an unlimited supply of advertising money out there. Firms can only spend a certain amount on advertising. And so consequently, what you've got is that while advertisers are putting money into CTV, but really to take off, you really do need to see a big transfer coming across from linear TV, and that hasn't happened. And that's why I made the, the comment before that, yeah, I think from a CTV standpoint, while there is still an expectation there that at some point it will come through, there was still a lot of talk about CTV. It still had a lot of, of share of voice when it came to the conversations. Yeah, the also as well felt as though there was a feeling of, of when will this really break through? And one other thing I, I think is also quite interesting as well, that you're now starting to see comments with regards to ad tech, suggesting that maybe what ad tech should do is the real opportunity for ad tech doesn't lie in CTV, but lies more in retail media. And again, I think that is a, that's a factor, A, that will influence the development of the market, but also as well, I think reflects perhaps some of the feeling that the money has not come through as fast as expected. Does that correlate with why you mentioned earlier Walmart were there? Yeah, I think for, for retail media last year, Walmart were really dipping their toes in it. And it felt as though this year from the feedback I'd had that Walmart had a more significant presence there or a more sort of uh, be more uh, on the front foot about what they wanted. I think one thing when it looks to retail media that need to consider it is the reason why retail media has suddenly shot up the agenda as a topic is really because retail analysts and investors have woken up to the opportunity for retail companies from the retail media advertising space. Bear in mind, retailers' margins are usually mid to high single digits. The ANA talks about the margins for retail media advertising being between a range of 50 to 70 percent. Now, mm. if you take those numbers for Walmart, you, you can paint a scenario where perhaps only one percent or even less than one percent of Walmart's revenues come from advertising, but potentially at the midpoint of that margin, you're looking at around 20% plus of Walmart's profits can come from advertising. And that really is a game changer as far as many analysts and investors are concerned. And so I, I think, you know, for this year, it was probably too early to see a wave of retail media, uh, retail media companies coming in or, re or retailers coming in with retail media offerings. My feeling will be next year is that you'll have a, a much stronger presence of the retail media space at Cannes. Mm. I mean, you make about the important point that there's only so much advertising to go round. We've talked about CTV retail media. Of course, the other 
development the last year or so is the streamers, the subscription streamers moving towards having their own ad tiers, be it Netflix or Disney Plus. Was there much interest or excitement around those initiatives at can? Not really. Again, it, mm. yeah, I'm sure you would get a different opinion from from maybe some of our uh, participants. But the general feeling seems to be the, or at least the feedback I had and the the the, the sort of impressions talking with people were that probably Disney is a, in a better position than Netflix. That Netflix certainly in terms of the the offering hasn't had to take up that what uh, had been anticipated before. And what seems to be a key factor here is the pricing. That mm. sort of the general feedback came through that really, realistically, what Netflix is offering in terms of or asking for in terms of prices is just too high, considering where the rest of the market is. So I think for, yeah, I, I, I think for both plays, you've got to, I think one thing that is important for people to realize is Disney Plus and Netflix had different strategies when they introduced their advertising offerings. I would argue that Disney Plus, what Disney Plus was really trying to do was push through what was effectively a near 50% price increase to consumers um, and sort of using advertising as a cloak to do that. Uh, and the reason I mention that is if you look at what happened with their ad-free tier went up to $9.99 from $6.99. If people wanted to stay in the $6.99 tier, they had to take the ads. Now, you most people will presumably sort of accept the price increase and, and go with the ad-free tier. So what you've had is a massive leap up in ARPU. And, and as I've talked sort of at the conference last year, the, the streaming model is a very simple one. It's subscriber numbers times ARPU. You want to get revenue growth. You've got to grow both sides of the equation, or at least you've got to have one side compensated for the lack of growth in the other. So I think from a Disney standpoint, it was really all about driving profitability mm. at the Disney Plus level or, or reducing losses. I think for Netflix, they, they truly were interested in having a mass market advertising proposition. But the signs so far don't really suggest that will be the case. Maybe things will change. Maybe they'll lower the pricing. Of course, for them, yeah, it's likely they will have minimum revenue guarantees, although that's not public in terms of their offering. But again, I think yeah, certainly from Cannes, the feedback was that the Netflix advertising offering has not broken through. Mm. I mean, more than one commentator has pointed out that the, another key difference is that Disney have been selling advertising on various platforms and channels for decades. So it's not a new medium to mm -hmm. them the way that it is for Netflix. So that, that might also play into how things develop. Mm. Uh, I think that's you, true. you also talked upon measurement as a uh, touched upon measurement as a hot topic in, in a recent LinkedIn post. It's been mm. I think higher profile at CAM for the last few years now. Did you get any sense of progress being made towards commonly accepted standards that could be applied across all media? And, and I guess video being the, the heart of that. Yeah, not particularly. I think yeah, it would depend country by country. There are some countries where there's more progress being made than others. Um, there's some sort of, of platforms, obviously sort of people are going in different directions, but I think the underlying the two underlying concerns still were very much there at can one is very much from the broadcaster standpoint the fear that a common standard will really leave them at a at a a um at a detriment compared with the online companies and i think yeah the fears that they have are somewhat justified in the sense that i think you know, as with any standards the key is who actually determines the standards 
And you can understand why the broadcasters are maybe concerned that in a common standard measurement system that what happens is the online companies have more of an advantage when it comes to setting the standards than the broadcasters do. I think the second thing would say, though, is, again, in terms of, of the actual details of measurement, how things are measured, the various metrics that are used, et cetera, we're still very much in the talking phase. And again, that was very much the impression that was given the can. Didn't really feel as though there was a breakthrough. Now, of course, many companies will say, yes, you know, we have a solution that, that offers to be that breakthrough. But realistically, I didn't get the impression, speaking from neutral parties, that they thought that this problem is going to be solved anytime soon. Yeah, it really feels as though something that is going to go on for, for years and years. Mm. You talk about standards. The other uh, thing that sort of recently coincided with the CAN event was an ANA report into the murky world of the digital advertising supply chain. Was this a, a hot topic at the festival? Do you think it was likely to change anyone's views on the, the relative merits of digital advertising versus other channels? Again, it might, it might be too early to, to say, but my feeling again was no. I think yeah, a lot of what the ANA said, it, it was excellent research that was done and the points they made were very, very powerful and hard hitting. But what would say is I think that the core message here that there is potentially a lot of waste is one that has been around for quite a long time. Yeah, Yes, you know, there, there are question marks whether there's been progress, the PwC work, for example, that has been with ISBO suggested the amount of untraced money has come down. But I think for most participants there, people really understand what the problem is in this world. There does seem to be a serious amount of advertising money that has been leaked. The question is, who wants to do anything about it? And mm. the impression I got, quite frankly, is that while people are quite willing to say it's a problem, Actually, what you're not seeing are really any concrete measures to, to tackle that. And one thing I would say on that point is it's worth bearing in mind that, that there, are there are obviously a lot of very interested parties sort of, of in this. And if there was an effort to actually sort of have a root and branch reform of the online advertising system to make sure that you would, you would have waste has been eliminated, there would be a lot of people who would have to answer questions about what they've done in previous years. And this is not just about the ad tech industry, the online industry in general, but it's also amongst the advertisers themselves. It's about their procurement departments, about their finance departments. You know, why is it that, for example, deals signed off that essentially led to large amounts of advertising wastage? And so if one's, one wants to be cynical, what one might argue is that it's in too many people's interests to actually maybe keep this issue sort of, of relatively under the, the covers. That doesn't mean that it won't continue to be talked about, but there will still be suggestions as to how the system could be reformed. It may be at some point in the future, we do see that root and branch reform coming through. But again, the impression I really got from Cam is that that is not, not going to happen over the next 12 to 18 months. It sounds a bit like the, uh, the tobacco industry in the 60s, where they knew what was going on, but it was in no one's interest to... <laughs> do anything about it until it got so bad. But, uh, I couldn't possibly comment on that, but but <laughs> I, I could see where you're coming from. Um, there's, there's two buzzwords that have dominated, or at least cropped up significantly in quite a lot of uh, events I've been at over the last 12 months or so, which I'd like to, to tackle as a kind of final two topics, which are AI and sustainability. 
Um, the, were there many references to the impact of AI other than sort of more generalistic comments? Was there anything concrete talked about in terms of AI initiatives or anything you think we should be paying attention to? I think some of the agency groups came up with, with, with sort of an uh, announcements on what they're doing in AI. And there was definitely an interest in the topic. If you look at venture capital funding generally into tech, has really declined from where it was 18 months ago. Um, the exception to that, of course, is AI. So anything that has an AI angle uh, is going to get a lot of, of investment coming through. And so it, I think it's important to bear that in mind as well. But AI is one of those topics that were very much at the, I mean, AI in, in, in some ways, I was going to say at the early days, I mean, AI has been, been going for 70 plus years. So you, you know, there's a question of, of how much in the early days it is. But certainly for this current round of AI, I think you know, there was a lot of talk about how potentially it could revolutionize many industries, how it could lead um, potentially to new, new solutions as well. But, but in terms of things concrete, not really that much that was coming through. It's more sort of aspirational things. Um, again, this is going to be a topic that is only going to be more and more important. I think it's got more legs in the metaverse quite mm -hmm. frankly, and that's because of the investment that you've got coming in from the likes of Microsoft and Google, and as I said, plenty of VC funding coming in. It's also as well, arguably, something that you could see having implications in the real world, and you're already starting to see this. I mean, you, you see in the, in the actors strike, so that the actors at, and the VITA strike in the US, the AI for the actors anyway, has been mentioned as a potential concern. You're seeing mm -hmm. it in the likes of BT announcing that AI will enable them to reduce thousands of jobs within their within their company. So this feels sort of, of AI certainly feels more real world in its effects than the metaverse did. So I think it's only going to be a topic that continues to increase. But I think from where we stood at can at the moment, I mean, what I would say is that the talk was very much sort of aspirational and then the potential things that yeah. that people could do rather than anything groundbreaking, shattering sort of a confident. Having said that, I mean, one, you know, just for the sake of disclosure, you know, where things stand at the moment, I am relatively skeptical on the whole idea that, that AI will be a revolution. I tend to sort of uh, move more towards the, the idea to be reformation rather than revolution um, when it comes to things. So, so I may have a slightly biased view. In terms of sustainability, obviously, again, there's a lot of talk about that and hopefully more concrete yeah, action being taken. One of the top topics has been um, trying to understand the sustainability of media planning in terms of the carbon footprint of the media choices you make of using outdoor panels versus you know, online streaming, whatever. Did that, how much did that crop up or not in Cannes? No, quite it cropped up quite a lot, and I think yeah, it's obviously a it's obviously a hot topic at the moment. I think we, bear in mind that when we talk about sustainability, and yeah, you've almost as well got a number of quadrants that you've got to take into account. So you've got ESG, the Environmental Sustainability of Governance. You've then got as well DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, which often gets linked with that agenda. I'd argue probably Europe, concept of Europe at least, it is probably more on the ESG side of things. The US is more on the DEI side of things, and the UK is somewhere in the middle. I think there was definitely, both in terms of ESG and the DEI standpoint, both of those are very much prevalent uh, uh, can. 
uh, on there. And certainly from an agency standpoint, as you would expect, you, and from the advertisers indeed, there was a lot of talk of the need on both those fronts to actually make progress. Now in Europe, one thing is for investors, investors are mandated by the new EU rules. But they have to take into account companies' uh, ESG standards when they make investments. And, uh, and therefore, a lot of the focus that you've got in terms, for example, of the media buying chain is really being driven by that. But what's happening is that companies themselves under regulatory pressure to look at all parts of their supply chain, to look at the carbon impact on there. And that obviously includes what the what the agencies do as well. Having said that, so this is, again, it's only certainly in Europe is only going to become more of an important topic. I think, again, though, one thing to bear in mind on, on this, and it, it, it's a, a point I've made in the past, is that when it comes to all of these models, the, the key that, that, that is needed here is there needs to be transparency about the inputs and the assumptions that are made into them. Mm. And I think one thing that would actually say is that certainly it can, I didn't really see any progress on that front. A lot of people talking about their model has been great. You're going to have sort of uh, your yeah, offer a solution and so forth. The simple fact is, is that unless you can actually see what assumptions that could make and also as well that you can make a reasonable judgment as to whether those assumptions are right or wrong, then quite frankly, a lot of this, at least for now, will still remain finger in the air stuff. Now, that may not be important for that many people. It may be that as long as you can get sort of, uh, you can be certified, that's the key thing. But I think we are still very far off from having one, one globally defined standard that if you were to have transparency on how, how that was structured, would pass the test. Yeah, I think that I think that one's going to run and run because mm. the complexity of working out is not just the delivery mechanism, but you've also got to factor in the the consumer, the user. So, I mean, a, a very simplistic example would be if if you're if you broadcast an ad on ITV on DTT, there are implications about how you do that, but in terms of the delivery of it, it, it's not scalable in the sense that it doesn't matter at the delivery end, whether you've got one viewer or 10 million. Yeah. Whereas, of course, if you're delivering it streaming via broadband, then it is scalable because that's 10 million um, home networks that are using it versus one. So, it, yeah, it, yeah there's lots to factor in than just simple calculations. I'm sure there will be a lot of debate about what's fair and how far to go. I mean, finally, I'm talking of overall sustainability. What longevity do you think CAN itself has as a concept and an event? Is, is Adexex parading around in yachts in CAN a good look for brands and companies in the current climate? Um, I mean, it's, it's fine. I mean, I think if there's going to be any sort of, of question, it's probably over the sustainability issue. But but never underestimate the factor of of people wanting to get together. Funnily enough, I think where it's really a big um, a big plus is really for people coming from the US. Now that's, that may seem bizarre, but Cannes is the place where they really all come together. Obviously, it's important as well for Europeans. Yeah, European sort of agencies as well, particularly those who are sort of have US clients to also meet in, in Cannes as well. Um, but for the US, um, for the US place, it certainly is 
yeah, again, the most enthusiastic backers of CAN that I spoke to sort of when I was down there came from the US on there. And I, I think from that standpoint, I think if the US is still very much behind CAN, then I expect it very much to, to survive. One of the things more generally with live events, live events have really had a massive bounce back since the pandemic. During the pandemic, people were talking about it's all now about virtual events, live events essentially are, are structurally declining. That has not been the case at all. People want to get back and they want to see people that they haven't seen face to face. Yeah, they want to meet, they want to chat and so forth. And, and there's no doubt that from that standpoint, can can fulfills a purpose. Yes, some of the agency groups are, have significantly reduced the numbers they send there. But as I mentioned before, that's also as well, that, that's been offset by new companies coming in. So there was nothing that suggested to me that CAN is an event on its last legs. In fact, quite the opposite. Yeah, well, that sounds like a positive note to end on. So thanks for catching up with us. I'm sure we'll have a a check-in later in the year as we head towards our own events uh, a few miles up the or down the road in yeah. Leeds. But in the meantime, thanks for making time to speak to us and thanks for giving us your impressions of can. No problem at all, Richard. Take care.